The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Radiohead. Broadcasting live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Tyler Klutz, Christy Scales, and Brad Sham. Two out of three ain't bad. That's right. We're going to take that. Christy got a better offer today. Our table is uh, much less good looking. Oh, much. <laughs> ever so much. Uh, and this, as far as we know, will be the final um, episode of Radioheads for the 2019 season. And um, 2020 will be upon us uh, momentarily. Um, how many teams that you played on um, endured coaching staff changes while you were playing on those teams? Uh, just, just one. Really? Yeah, just one. So that was Cleveland. I came in, um, I came in, oh gosh, week four, 15, week 15. So I was there. No, I was 14. So I had four weeks in Cleveland. Um, and that was when Mangini got fired. And so it was kind of my first experience in the NFL and, um, GM comes in and it's like, you know, Eric's been let go. Um, you know, we'll keep GM met with the team, met with the team. He didn't come in. Mangini did not even come into the team meeting. Interesting. Okay. And so, uh, so then, uh, now you had no particular attachment to Eric Mangini. You'd been with him a month. No. Yeah. So not, not really, except for the fact that, um, he was an advocate for me because I was a fullback that had moved over from defense. So I was on P squad. So he practice squad. So he, he was an advocate that, okay, he can play on defense for practice squad and offense, so we can utilize him, so he's a good sign. Had he not pushed for that, I may not have gotten signed after the workout. Um, so so he, there was that. So he really, truly was was very responsible for my first opportunity. Um, but other than that, not really. Um, and, and so it was a dark day. Um, I didn't know really what to expect. It was my first experience, and it was you know four weeks into it, and uh, and it was just depressing. I mean, Cleveland's already depressing in December. Um, you know uh, that year, that year. Uh, Love we, you, Cleveland. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, I really did enjoy my time in Cleveland. Um, but and that was a year that Peyton Hillis had the good rushing year. We ended up going. Uh, I think we I think we went six and ten that year. Uh, but there was some hopes of a playoff opportunity to beat the Patriots. And anyways, uh, but other than that, the staff stayed the same year after year. You know, I changed quite a bit week one for my first four years of my career. But um, but, you know, it, a coaching change is hard. You know, guys invest a lot of uh, a lot of their time and emotions. Then the coaches invest in the players. It really does become a tight bond, a tight family within the locker room in, in most cases, and and I believe that to be so here. And you know, again, we're not speculating one way or the other. No, and That's I'm glad you job. said that because we, as we sit here at 3:05 Central Time on Monday, having this conversation live. Uh, no change has That's occurred, right. and uh, Jason Garrett's contract, I believe, has two weeks to run. Right. And so uh, there are all kinds of reports on Twitter. You're well advised to avoid Twitter <laughs> or not. It's up to you. It's a free country. But uh, the information you find there may or may not be reliable. But the point is that we don't 
everyone can assume or speculate, but nothing has happened yet. But we were just talking before we um, actually took to the uh, interwebs here that uh, what people uh, get so emotionally wrapped up in their team that they um, let it get personal when they're yeah. ready for the coach or the manager to be fired. Yep. And th- that strikes me as patently unfair. And yeah. people also either don't realize or don't care, and, and that might be worse, that when you change the head coach, frequently you're changing 25 coaches, Yeah. almost all of whom have families. You may be changing administrative mm-hmm. staff. You may be changing trainers. You may be changing... And, uh, you know, equipment people now, I mean, some of these people have been here for a very long time, Mm -hmm. predating Jason Garrett. And so, you know, for me, as I know it's the case for you, those guys are friends and you Mm -hmm. would kind of hope not to have any of them affected. But when a new a new broom frequently sweeps clean and you you just don't know what's going to happen. And the thing that strikes me is that there are a lot of guys on that roster in that locker room who have not known a different head coach. Uh, I mean, Jason and LP? Well, I guess the guys that came in well, they outside. Played for, yeah. Well, Jason played – Witten played for Parcells and Wade. Yeah. LP uh, played and, for – L- Parcells hired LP. Yep. So he LP's been with with through now three yeah um, and then the other free agents that came in and signed from other teams yeah I mean you know Randall Cobb's going to be on the Cowboy Hour tonight he was yeah. in Green Bay when yeah. when Mike McCarthy was let go yeah so that'll be some interesting perspective but yeah. think about the offensive linemen yeah they've only played for one head coach yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that's true of all of them who who um, are these five listed starters. Yeah, because yeah. Tyron's nine years, so yeah. that would have been. So I mean, yeah. there there's a big percentage of this team that is about to get a cold, wet rag in the face. That's not necessarily a bad thing for the no, football team. No, no, and but and the, all I'm saying is there's there's human layers of that, emotion that go that, into And all I this. agree with you. And that's the hardest part, you know, whether you're listening to talk radio, whether you're on Twitter, wherever you're at, it's everywhere right now. Um, is is the fact that they're dehumanizing what this really is. And like you mentioned, families are affected, kids are affected. You know, kids are gonna have to move schools. Um, I mean, it's it, it, there's uncertainty in future. There's panic. I mean, there's all sorts of things. The, I mean, the thing is, and, and like you said, is it needed in this in this business? Yes, there there has to be a change of guard. It's inevitable. It's just a matter of when. But you know, the thing that's that we've got what twenty six free agents coming up from this 26 roster. Twenty six. Twenty six players who who are out of contract. So now the uncertainty with a coaching staff. Now, how many of those 26 guys have relationships with the coaching staff here that there is a chance that they will not be here? So now who is their advocate? So now you've got 26 guys. Or do they want to stay here? Or do they Or do they want? That's, that's exactly right. Or does the new guy coming in want them to stay here? And they, now we have this problem. I don't know how expeditiously they intend to move, yeah. but there are – 
there seem to be only a few slam dunk candidates. Yeah. And they're going to disappear pretty quick. That's right. And and some of those slam dunk candidates are not necessarily real candidates. Right. Right. right? Like Lincoln Riley. I have not seen one thing where he has said that he is open to moving and leaving Norman. No. Uh, Urban Meyer said that Lincoln Riley would, but yeah, <laughs> but Lincoln but Riley I, we have said not it. heard that from right. him. That's right. But but yes, I, I think the the hard part about today and right Black Monday and it's it's really just it's a hard day across the board because there's disappointment. It went up to the very last minute for for this team, and and I've been through that as well. Win in week seventeen or go home. That happened for me here in 2013 uh, when Orton came in for Romo. Um, but the the hard part is just the uncertainty as you go to the off season, and there's a lot, and you're disappointed in, in not getting to the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl, uh, which 31 teams go through every year. But now the reality of how this game affects your family and what my future is beyond this, because chances are of the what 67 guys, including IR practice squad, of those guys, there's probably 10 of them that won't play again. Right. If not, we'll never play the game of football again. You know, and you go back to that like last game your senior year in high school, right? 1% of those guys are going to play another game of football beyond that. The rest of them are never going to play the game. There's guys here that have no idea if they're ever going to play football again. So walk away with your trash bag, with as many free shorts and shoes as you can carry out of this room. And going out and going through the exit interviews right now with the which, coaches, which by the way is happening e- even as we speak. Yes, they're still is, they're only about halfway through seventy hard. exit interviews. Which is what's really that like? Hard. What's an exit interview like? Uh, yeah, so you'll sit down. So you've got two. You got to go well three most of the time. Um, is is usually you go sit down with a special teams coach if you play special teams, and most guys, you know, have some special teams role. Uh, unless you're like Dak or Amari or Zeke or, or those guys, um, so you go with your special teams coach. Then you go with your position coach. And, and you, then, when you say you go with the, so you sit, sit down, down with in, him the, in and, their office, which very rarely you're ever in their office. So you're in a new, uncomfortable, formal environment that is so new that you only go for exit interviews or getting cut. Like that's it. And so usually you're in the meeting rooms and all that. So then you go to your position coach into his office. And he's going to tell you this. The coach is going to tell you, here's how we think the year went. Here's what you did well. Here's yeah. where we think you can be better. Yes. And what, okay, like do we have? Do we think we have plans for you? What are the things I want you to improve on in the offseason? Um, and are and, they and usually candid with players about that? Because that's uh, almost think, never up to them. No, yeah. I think I think you go into that expecting them to get – expecting to hear all the bad things and they're always usually fairly positive um, you know you're, especially from your position coach your position coach is going to be transparent but only to a point where like hey I want you to I want to li- help lift you up like we're going to talk about hey we struggled in this this and this but here's how we can correct it but you did this 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 and that really well you go into the meeting with the head coach now he's got you know 60 guys that he's got to he's got to go through this with um, that is that is usually more direct because he doesn't have the time to kind of like fluff ego. It's going to be like, hey, uh, great year, uh, or hey, you know, we know the year didn't go well. I appreciate this from you, appreciate that from you. But you'll get more sense from the head coaches meeting about what is in store for you in the future. Like Jason, for example, uh, when I finished 2014, we had, you know, we had a good year, uh, unfortunately lost in Green Bay. But I went into that meeting and he was very transparent and said, 
I don't know what's going to happen with you next year. Uh, you're a free agent. I would like to have you back here because I think you you know are good for our team, but I don't know what is so make sure you stay ready. So I stayed around, but he was very candid, like, don't know if we're gonna resign you. Like we've got 37 other guys that need to be addressed before we get to you. Um, so I left that meeting with kind of a realistic expectation. And that was an offseason where they signed another fullback and then ended up bringing me back two or three weeks later. But he was candid. Uh, so they're really unnervy, which then sends you off into the hardest part of these players' years. Like this is this January, February is the hardest window personally, professionally. I mean, because you go home in your relationship and now your wife, significant other is used to this routine. And now you come in and impose your will into what they've really figured out you know, over the last six months without you. And now there's fighting, you know, you try to travel, you try to do that, but it's a really hard time because it's a lot of self-reflection, but a lot of like conflict that you don't really ever prepare for. And um, you may not know, I would say some of those guys know they'll be playing here next year. Yes. Yeah. For whoever the coach is. Yeah. And many of them don't. Many of them don't know where they'll be playing. Yeah, I would say. And when does the league year start? Which is when generally free? March tenth is. So that means that uh, some maybe around the first of March, you get some phone calls and some yeah, speculation. Yeah, I would. And... I would imagine you know the top ten percent of the internal targets here that they have. There'll be some conversations here over January, February. I think, um, you know, staff wise is going to be is the most immediate. Uh, but you'll there'll be some conversations. But you know the fifteen through fifty three on the roster, those guys won't know anything until they get closer to the league year because they're going to go see. Okay, hey, can we upgrade over you? And what's going to be available out there? We're going to put something out there. If it's a crazy smoking deal, we'll do it. But we'll we're willing to test the free agent market to see if we can find someone else. So yeah, there's three months that you've got to go out and say, not sure what my future looks like. And uh, then, by the way, um, what is the team going to do with finite resources under the salary cap? Yeah. And we're going to see if Tyler Klotz has any ambition to be a general manager at all, because now he's a businessman extraordinaire. We're going to find out exactly how good he is at, at that. We're coming right back on Radioheads. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. S. Give me an O. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to Radioheads. Welcome back. Brad Sham and Tyler Klutz. Christy Scales is on another assignment today. Isn't that a fancy way of saying yeah. that? Um, <laughs> she chose not to be with us yeah, today. Yeah, she said, I'm not coming. I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't either. Um <laughs> Any part of you want to be a general manager? No. No. No part. No. No. I, uh, you know, I would probably prefer to be on the coaching side if the lifestyle wasn't so hard for families like we just talked about. Um, the pro- I, I really enjoy the interaction with the guys, right? The mentorship, the leadership, like that's the stuff that I would be more drawn to as opposed to general managers there's there's some really big decisions that are made but a lot of times it's behind closed doors um and i don't i I would have a harder time taking the emotion out of it whereas steven who's done a great job here taking the emotion out of a lot of the decisions and getting i think our cap situation under control over the last four or five years um i would have a hard time with that because I, i would pay everybody if it was if it was me so don't put me in responsible of paying people. I just that's not that's not my strength. One of the things I've learned this year is is know what you do well and stay in that lane. Don't try to be who you're not. I'm not the guy that you do, isn't. however, understand budgets and salary yes. caps. Yes. So we could look at this roster and mm-hmm. say, let, let's just see what some of the decisions are that have to be made. Yep. All right, quarterback's a free agent, but I think we're all assuming that one way or another they're going to sign him. Yes, whether it's a tag or it's and You'd or it's really a like to contract. sign him because yes. you can use a franchise tag and a transition tag. Yeah. And there seems to be a growing body of speculation that one of those tags might be used on Amari Cooper. Right. Correct. Now, if you had to, if you could, let's say you could not make a new agreement with Byron Jones. Yeah. Uh, you could franchise tag him. Yeah. Save that tag for him. That's right. And transition tag Amari Cooper. If you sign yeah, Dak. If you sign Dak. Yeah. 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 You, I mean, you could do that. And that's your big three, right? And I would say Lael is probably— Well, Lael's they gave him a new deal. That's right. Okay. So he's fine. Okay. Offensive line's fine. Um, Randall Cobb? You want Randall Cobb back? I, I mean, he has come in clutch all year long yeah. when you need to. Absolutely. Um, switch to the—well, wait a minute. Let's stay with the depth. Yeah. Cameron Fleming? Serviceable backup. I mean, got us through games. I mean, who, who and who do you have to replace him if you say we're not going to sign him? You're going to have to give that sign. to Mitch Hyatt. No, not internally. You don't have it. Okay, uh, Joe Looney. Yeah, who is 
I mean, the last three years been the guy to fill in. Uh, Xavier Suofilo? Played well when he came in. Played extremely well when he yeah. came in. Okay. Um, well, you go to try okay. to decide if Cooper Rush is uh, has another year. I think he's got another year as your backup quarterback. Okay, fine. Now we'll go to the defensive side. Well, so Blake Jarwin is a restricted free agent. So, he is. Okay. so now, you know, depending on they've got to give him uh, a tender, and then other teams have the ability to match it. He's played well enough that another team could come offer him something, and then we he now got have the onto the active roster because Philadelphia wanted to sign him off the practice right. squad. That's so right. So there's already been interest in him in his career before right. he was what he is now. That's exactly right. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Oh, this is a longer list. Um, Robert Quinn? I, he, to me, has been the most impactful defensive player on, on this defense this year. To me. Between he and Byron, Byron has been very quiet, but that's what you want from a corner. Yeah, you want I mean, him. Please to be quiet. go replace Byron Jones. Please yeah. find find someone. Right. Yeah. Um, Malik Collins. Who do we have on the inside? Well, he's up. I believe Christian Covington signed a one year deal. I believe Kerry Hyder signed a one year deal. Uh huh. So the defensive lineman that you would have under contract. Would be Demarcus Lawrence and mm-hmm. and uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, uh, Tyrone Crawford is he? Well, Tyrone Crawford may, but he, that's up in the air. His what health, his health is? That's yeah. right. That's, that's right. Exactly right. So, um, do you make a run at Michael Bennett? Do you? I, I mean, I don't. I don't have anything to show that says I don't attempt to keep him here. There's. To me, and I haven't been in the locker room, I haven't talked to guys, but there's nothing from his play on the field that says if he's a bargain, I'm 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 gonna make a run at it. He he did have um eight offside or false starts penalties. Yes. Um but I don't know if you noticed the field- there was there's two or three plays this last game, which I know you did. He was like almost like a Canadian style, a yard off of the ball when he was lined up. <laughs> <laughs> on the field, I would say that's that's uh, probably a fair assessment yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, Cooper Rush is a restricted free agent. Okay. So uh, probably going to have to replace Sean Lee. Yeah. Um, is his contract up? Is yeah, he, I, he believe, is he, I okay. believe he is. Okay. And he may retire regardless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that because that's you know there was there was highs and lows for Sean this year. Um, but I think, and, and I think I heard you talk about it the other day before the game, um, that the amount of plays that he had to play was more than he anticipated. And obviously, you know, over the years, his body has not held up the way that he prepares for it to hold up because he prepares as well as anybody on taking care of his body. So that's one of the hardest, the saddest things that I, I actually witnessed firsthand is how much he actually did to take care of his body and it just didn't respond. Interestingly enough, it's the first time he's played all 16 I know, games. I know, but you know what, though? But he will tell you that it is getting harder and yeah. harder to coax his body yeah. into doing the things that have to be yeah. done to stay on the field, for let alone what you have to do in the offseason right. to be ready. There's, There's got to be some other motivating factor for him to come back. He could be a guy that I would see, 
you know, he's going to take care of his body. He may say he's going to retire, and then come week three or four, he gets a call back if there's an injury Maybe. and he comes back. I would say this, and I'm guessing based on knowing him, um, I don't think he wants to be a part-time player. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So that would be something that you'd have to factor in. Yeah. And now you got a better you better get your new coach and your new yeah. defensive coordinator. What is that? What does that look like? Is he fit in the scheme? And, yeah. So go. that's there, there's a lot of factors there. So then you you go to And I'm not even by the way including the people like Malcolm Smith. I'm not sure I don't want Malcolm Smith back. He played pretty well right. in the two less than 2 weeks right. that he was here. Right. I mean, that's a tough situation and and I I've been in that position a couple times because you go into an organization. It was the Cleveland situation. You go in, you have very little to evaluate. So you're looking at past performance, but then you've got 2 weeks of actual and then you got a new staff. So, I mean, the uncertainty there is is huge. Like, how do you evaluate this player? I mean, if he's going to demand any kind of monetary value that is above league minimum, how do you how do you sign that guy with a new staff and very little to evaluate from the season before? Because he was out all, almost all of this year, right? So, I mean, that's another tough guy. That, that's a tough one to evaluate. But two weeks of decent play. He was he was supposed to be an insurance policy. Yeah. And then Joe Thomas got hurt yeah. in Philadelphia and played like five plays. Malcolm Smith played something like 48 mm-hmm. and then started and and played all the snaps in base yesterday. Yeah. Now, do you have the contract expiring list open there in front of you? I will have it in 2 seconds. Um because uh, Jeff Heath is he is he up? I don't know if Jeff's up or not. So, I mean, he is the ultimate safety blanket for this staff, the current staff. So he's the guy that Jason, Keith O'Quinn, um, uh, Marinelli, that they can trust to do everything good. He is the ultimate safety blanket. Like, you know, we're not going to – we are not going to go wrong by putting him in. So I don't know. I don't know what a new staff, how they would evaluate Exactly. Him. Heath is an unrestricted free agent, by the way. So, so he's he is up. up. So Jeff's deal is up. So if you want Jeff Heath back, yep. you got to sign him. Like you got to sign Malik Collins and and Byron Jones and all the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, and then uh, what about Brown, Anthony Brown? you got to replace him. Replace or him. Or sign him. And... Cheeto is a restricted free agent. Is he? Cheeto's uh, Cheeto is a second round pick who oh, is so finishing his third year. Yeah, so he's still he's still under contract. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, same with Jordan Lewis. That's why I don't want to be a GM. Is this conversation we're having right now? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about your kicker? I mean, the hard part is. I mean, uh, he was perfect, right? So he was great. But what we had to compare him from the previous weeks. I mean, he is a hero. Right in most people's eyes, as you're looking at it, and it's hard because uh, Brett was was a great kicker for us, made some really big kicks. But there's the thing the thing that is most valuable for kickers in this game in this age is consistency, and you've got to be consistent. And I think by by the game yesterday, we without thinking think okay he's now going to make it he's now right. he, he's going to Dan Bailey it and we know that he's going to be money no matter what so i mean there's another guy i mean but you've got to pay that right he's not going to be i mean i guess he's 
he's probably close to a million dollar league minimum as a kicker. So even if you pay him the league minimum, he's been in the league long enough. By the way, that's a good job when the worst guy gets paid a million dollars. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Darren Woodson and I were talking about this today. The league minimums and how they've changed since we played. My first year was $250,000 was my was the league minimum for an for a rookie. Um, and then we went through the CBA, and then it went up to three seventy five. But now I want to say the league minimum is almost five hundred thousand dollars. And Darren looked at me, and goes, Are "You serious? It took me four years to make that, <laughs> and I was a second round pick." <laughs> well, he is now officially a grumpy old man. Yeah, Darren yeah, he is. He is. But yeah, I mean, to your point. We have we have a lot of things to address, and then you know throw the staff questions on it, and then here's here's a question is, and I know this has been kind of run into the ground, but I, I haven't had a chance to talk about it. Is what do you do with the staff? I mean, do you try to retain some of the guys? I mean, ah. what is look at look at the body of work from Kellen Moore and Kitna. I mean, let's let's uh, let's mull that over and. Uh, discuss that when we come back with Tyler Klutz. I'm Brad Sham. This is Radioheads. Okay, give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. What's that spell? So, so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love it's the easiest way to find buy and sell tickets plus with their deal score technology they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value so the next time you're craving this the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys success from the sidelines, head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory because this season Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to Radioheads. Welcome back. It's the final edition of Radioheads for this season. Brad Sham and Tyler Klutz. Christy Scales is on assignment. Um, The question that Mr. Klutz posed before the break was what to do with the current coaching staff. I don't have an accurate list of which ones are under contract for next year, but let's start with this. what, in your mind, is the importance of a new head coach being given 
a completely clean yeah. slate or being told you've got these three guys who I'm still paying, so they're sticking around? So I think there's there's two questions. What's the right thing, and then what is likely going to happen? Uh, I think those are two different questions. And I think the right thing is, as a head coach, um, you need to have control over the team, and that includes the staff. Those are the guys that you're going to be in the room with day in and day out. You should have the right to bring in your system, um, your people, because you're getting hired for your body of work, and it is the people it is the people um, that are around you that contribute to that body of work. I don't know if you've seen um, the uh, HBO special on Belichick and Saban. Oh, yeah, it's and fantastic. It's awesome. And they talked about like coaches moving, right? Head coaches, if there's a new head coach, especially if he's not a previous head coach, they can't bring their entire staff. It's really hard to do because it's not, say, a coordinator comes from another team and he tries to poach that staff that he's been with. That's that's a, a no-no in the coaching industry. So to say that a coach is going to come in with a staff set in stone is unrealistic. Um, but he does have his network. And the coach's network is, okay, what tree did I come through? Who did I coach with? Who did I like? Where, who's available? Who's Who do ready I know? To move? Right? So it's it's going to be put together. But I do think that a coach should have the, the creative freedom to put that staff together. Because it's going to be his brand, his name on the line when it comes to Judgment Day, you know, on Black Monday, whatever year it is, the next year or the year after. Now, with that being said, I think here, I think there's a handful of guys that deserve to stay. Um, and I think there's a handful of guys that would be very attractive to a new head coach, if that's what it comes to. Again, all speculative. Depends on who the coach is and what his orientation is. That's exactly right. Now, again, I think if you're looking, you're looking at the, okay, let's start with John Kitna, for example. John Kitna, he can coach a quarterback in various schemes. Right, he has played. I mean, he played in enough schemes over his career in the NFL that he can coach that. And I think the body work that he has one year in the NFL with Dak, and what we saw the change over his previous three years to now to this season, I think a new coach would look, come in and say, "Okay, I've got to heavily consider John Kitna as as being a retainer on the staff." And then also too, there is there is some value and some familiarity in carrying over some staffs, right? You look at you look at our staff here, the training staff has been here since Jerry came in, right? So that's that's one thing that's probably going to stay the same. Um, strength staff, Coach Wojcik, Brett Besh, chances are, I mean, he's been talking about retirement for 15 years. Mike, yeah. um, so uh, who knows what that but is. But those guys do a great job. They do a phenomenal job. They do, And you look at this year, right? We didn't have a bunch of huge injuries. We were beat up like every NFL team is, like every player is. They did a good job with that. Um, so there's some familiarity. But even on the staff, like a guy that is pivotal as Dak is, to have someone that he is familiar with and knows, okay, I can trust this guy. I don't have to start over. Um, there's some value in that. Case in point, look at Ryan Tannehill's career in Miami. How many coordinators he went through in Miami? One a year, right? Every year. His first five years in Miami. So it's really hard to build trust from your team captain, your decision maker, your leader. 
and changing that all over. Now, not to say that DAT can't do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. But there is some value in having at least your quarterback have someone that he knows is in his corner. So there's some value there. Kellen Moore is going to be tough. That's a really tough, tough scenario unless Jerry and Steven pressure that and why, push why that forward. Be tough? I think that's re- it's really tough because although he had a number one offense for all the way, I don't know, did we end up as a number one offense? Well, keeping in mind that the uh, in in a uh, permanent, apparently a permanent flaw in their thinking, mm. the league decides to measure. Offense and defense by yardage. Total yards, yeah. Not uh, by yes, s- not, yep. not by points, not by, you know, Troy Aikman developed a rating system years ago mm. that he still uses that combines turnovers yes. and uh, s- scoring average and all kinds of things. This is not that, yeah. but the league officially says Dallas is the number one offense in the league because they had the most, most yards. yards. They were sixth in points, by the way. S- okay. So six in sixth points, sixth in scoring, six in scoring. Is, that's good. It is good. But you look at Jameis Winston for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was the passing leader. I mean, Andy well, Dalton until he got benched was at the top of the list on passing, and they didn't win a game. Yeah, but I think that that I don't know about that because the the way the league looks at um, qualifies leading passers by quarterback rating. Not by yards or so. It's by passing. So the NFL, they just came out today, and it was strictly yards who has the passing title. Yeah, but Uh, the the, the, the the, one that I saw. The passing title, the league's official passing champion this year was Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Who had the highest highest quarterback rating. Yeah. Now, um, Winston, let's see, Prescott had uh, 4,902 yards. And uh, where is Jameis Winston? I have to look down and find someone with 30 interceptions. Here he is. <laughs> 5,109 yards. Um, and so he did lead the league in passing yeah. yardage, but yeah. the league's leading passer was Ryan Tannehill. Right. Because okay. it's based on quarterback. Yes. Rating. Okay. Um, so, so I, but I, I, back to Kellen, the whole point there is is he's he was a big risk in signing, you know, a guy that had one year of coaching experience as a quarterback coach and to come in and be the coordinator. So that was a big risk there. Is a new head coach, although he had a very effective year, and look, let me let me preface this. I love Kellen. Kellen's one of my favorite people, and I think he is a phenomenal coordinator. But is a new coach coming in going to be comfortable saying, I'm going to put my offense in the hands and my job in the hands of a third-year coach, second-year coordinator. And that's why it depends on who they hire. That's exactly right. And what influence the front office has on those decisions. Right. And I I have come to believe that the, the head coach should pick his staff. Yeah. And, and and Wade Phillips didn't have the opportunity to do that. I was all – I knew Jason Garrett, and I yeah. thought he'd be a tremendous coach. And yeah. I think he has been a tremendous coach in from the – Quarterbacks, coach, coordinator. I mean, he's a really good football coach. Yes. You don't have to like him as a head coach, but he's a good football coach. Yeah, and um, underrated, like highly, highly underrated. Highly. But Wade deserved, in my opinion, the opportunity to sign off. I don't know if he was given that opportunity yeah. or not. I think he was told, "Here's your offensive coordinator." By yeah. the way, yeah. And Wade really wanted to be the head coach, and so he went along with that. Yeah. And so the next guy might say. I'm going to pick the staff. Yeah. And then the ownership could say, oh, 
okay, yeah. here's three guys we would really like you to look at Kitna. Yeah. We'd really like you to look at Nussmeier. Yeah. We'd really like you to look at Hua Kellen, whoever it is. Yeah. But I I think that they'll be better served if the offensive I mean if the head coach chooses agreed. his coaching staff. Very very much agreed. Um, you know, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I know that it was a underperforming unit, uh, especially from our expectations and, and how they've played in recent years. And uh, you know, Richard is is one of those guys that eight weeks ago we talked about as a potential head coach candidate. And now, if if there's a change in the staff, is he going to be on the staff? You know, it's 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 really hard. And I think that's to your point, the right head coach in the right system, he could be a great fit. And you know, here's one thing I look at: I look at 2014 that Bill Callahan, I think, really got the short end of the stick. Is when you have co-coordinators, it's really hard because a coordinator needs to have control over it. And Bill Callahan did a phenomenal job calling the run game for us in 2014. And then, but it was really hard to share those responsibilities because his philosophy was very different than Scott Linehan, who came in and was the pass coordinator. Same thing on the defensive side. I don't know if Marinelli and Richard had the same philosophy, although they're calling the the plays and you know Marinelli's focused on the run and I mean it's it's a really tough situation to be able to judge a guy when you're splitting the responsibilities and I think you know yeah like divide and conquer the more people you have the greater but there needs to be a clear cut leader and I think that that was confused on the defensive side of the ball on the coaching side and on the player side. And these uh, coaching questions have to be answered fairly yeah. quickly yeah. because the playing decisions will be married to the salary cap limitations. Yep. And, I mean, it's January now. Yeah. So you've basically got 60 days yeah. to get a coaching staff in place and evaluate your entire roster and make a plan for free agency. Who are you going to keep? Who are you going to try to keep? What players on other teams would you like to go after? Yeah. Because that middle of March comes and hey, you got fifteen other guys, fifteen hundred other guys, you know, to evaluate. Obviously, you know, you don't have access to all of them, but there's a lot of film that the, these guys need to go through. Um, you know, the other thing too is what happens if the Joneses decide we're not going to move forward with Jason, right? His contract's through the 14th. Do you do you wait until the 14th, limit his chances to get a job somewhere else? Because, I mean, you look now, there's activity firing and hiring all I, over the league. I, I, bel- I don't know this. I haven't talked to anybody about no. it. They have such high personal regard for him. I, I that agree. If they knew they weren't going to retain him, I don't think they would be standing in the way of him getting another job. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and then also, too, is you've got to make a decision because, you know, that, that list of potential suitors, which, you know, there's a list out there that's floating around. I don't know if it's going to be on that list. I I think that there's there's some people on in out there that would be great fits that the media is not thinking about and talking about. Guaranteed. Um, but at the same time, 
staffs are going to get solidified and you, you you're on a clock on okay who's available and who's going to who, who's the you're on a draft board for coaches essentially right now who's going to get who's going to get gobbled up and again like you said there's so many things that are contingent upon dominoes that, but, will fall and yeah. the last thing i'll say other than what fun this has been to do this with you this has yeah. been so great so brad Thank has you. been on me for years four or five years now about doing something, and I was glad that we got you, to do something together. You were together. still playing when yeah. I first told you that you had a future in broadcasting. Yeah. Um, and you still do. Wow, uh, I appreciate that. It's been a blast and opened my eyes quite a bit, so it's been a lot of fun. And as far as everyone who has been hankering for a coaching change, any coaching change, just remember, be careful what you wish for. That's right. Happy New Year, everybody. This Happy is New Radio Year. Heads. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?